everybody. So happy that you're able to be with us this evening as we continue our series on disciplines of a disciple. We had so much fun last week with Pastor Jacob. Uh, as could be uh, predicted and anticipated, we ran out of time in the live segment uh, and we had to uh, do a recording immediately after for the fasting portion of the conversation. Uh, that was posted, I think, like the next day. And uh, I know that many of you have got to jump on and watch that. Uh, please, please, uh, if you have uh, if you have some extra time uh, and you'd like to get caught up uh, in regards to where we're at in the conversation, uh, you can go back and access that through the Facebook and the YouTube. Um, I personally like the fasting conversation even better than the prayer conversation. We really got into some cool uh, stories and just sharing some uh, experiences that we've had together in regards to walking out that particular discipline in our lives. And uh, it was it was a great, great uh, segment uh, of of uh, the part two segment of that conversation. I have with me this evening, my very good friend, our life group pastor, Derek Hines. And uh, we're going to be having a conversation tonight around the discipline of silence and meditation. As always, we have the one, the only Danny Mackey in the studio with us to help us stay on track and to be able to uh, get you engaged and involved in the conversation tonight. We want this to be conversational, not just between myself and Pastor Derek, but also with you, with your life groups, um, wherever you might be watching and experiencing uh, this, this combo tonight. So feel free, YouTube or Facebook, you can send in questions, comments. Uh, to Danny, she'll be uh, fielding those and getting those to us, and we want to be able to receive those as early as we can uh, in tonight's in tonight's broadcast. In the studio with us, helping us out, Josh and Audrey Needham, beautiful people, love God, and I love them. Always making sure that everything runs smooth and excellently. We have Alex Mueller helping us with the sound tonight, and as always, the glue that holds us all together, Kendall. Powell in the studio. So we're so happy to be able to have this amazing team that God's put together to bring you this, uh, what I think has been really, really good content. Uh, I don't know if that's biased for me to say, because I've been involved in all of it. You're the one delivering the content. (laughs) Well, I have other people joining me. It's not just me, but uh, I've really been getting something out of it. So Derek, I love you. I'm so glad that you're able to come tonight. Let's jump right in. Thanks. All right. Uh, so when we talk about silence and meditation, those two disciplines in our lives, and, and I think uh, we talked a little bit about this um, in, in kind of our, our, our pre-convo mm-hmm. to this, that uh, I would say maybe more traditionally, you would want to group the discipline of silence with solitude mm-hmm. because of how those two fit together. Um, but I wanted to be able to, in a later episode that we're going to do, that one, Pastor Austin's actually going to join join me, talking about solitude and fellowship. I wanted those to kind of be a juxtaposition yeah. and to talk about how solitude really enhances our fellowship and yeah. fellowship enhances our, our solitude um, and those disciplines working together. So I wanted to group silence with meditation because I did feel like that's also a very hand in glove uh, a, a set of disciplines. So we'll start off the conversation around the discipline of silence and uh, jump right in here to the first question. What is the discipline of silence and why is it important? So I'm going to turn over to you and let you speak a little bit to that. And you're going to answer the question about silence, but just not saying anything at all. Yeah, uh, I, that's good. I think it's, 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 it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, one of the things we talked about before uh, we got started was the, you know, the main objective for tonight is to, is to just kind of bring awareness mm-hmm. to these disciplines. Yes. Um, but also one of the things in, um, in meditating on the material beforehand is really trying to provide 
uh, sort of a template for people to start to incorporate these uh, into their lives. And I think it's always important to start with the why, you know, why would we, you know, why would we think about even practicing silence? And I think for um, a person like myself, silence is not something that comes natural. Mm -hmm. I tend to be a fairly loud person, um, fairly active. You know, when I was in school, I got in trouble for talking and standing up. And so silence is really something, um, not something that comes natural to me. Mm -hmm. I think I've got a, I've, I've got some, just kind of some stats and some quotes, Sure, but, um, you know, the, the first quote is, is from a book celebration of discipline by Richard Foster. And there'll be a lot that we talk about tonight. That is, that is from that book. Yes. Uh, you know, he says in contemporary, in contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. Um, Psychiatrist Carl Jung uh, once remarked, hurry is not of the devil. It is the devil. And, you know, I think we, I don't think, you know, I, I know that we live in, you know, the most advertised to society, the most connected society um, in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I tried to find, I tried to find the notes. We did a conversation yeah, I from the as, stage. As you're starting to talk, I'm remembering <clears throat> one that we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. Yeah. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't find the notes. So I had to, I had to mm -hmm. look it all up again, but I mean, pretty much, you know, we, we receive 4,000 to 10,000 ads a day. There are 46 uh, push notifications daily on your iPhone, 32 texts per day on average. So I think that's actually kind of low. Yeah. Uh, and about 122 email per day, man. Like th those are all the things uh, that are vying for our attention. And there are so few things in life that we, that we can actually control. You know, a lot of things that, um, that happen to us that we get upset about, you know, we, we have, we have no control over that. But one of the things that we can control is our focus and our attention. And I think for me, um, that is sort of the why. And then silence is the way that I intentionally, uh, shift my focus back to God. Absolutely. And I think you bring up such a great uh, point by even using those, those statistics, because, for me, the discipline of silence and, and practicing that in my life, which honestly, out of out of all the, the spiritual disciplines that you can list, and I love that Foster, even in that book, says that there's no exhaustive list to, to disciplines. No. The, we were looking at a, at a rich history of the Christian faith and spiritual mothers and fathers that have gone before us, and we're extrapolating from their lives practices that kept them attuned to God yeah. and in tune with God. And right here from the get-go, it's really good, especially if you're joining us for the for the first time this evening. When we're talking about being a disciple, we're talking about living a life as a disciplined follower of Jesus. That's impossible to do without us incorporating disciplines, habits, practices into our lives. These habits or practices do not make us holy. They help us become aware of the one who is holy. Yeah. His name is Jesus. And in accordance with the words of Paul, as we behold his image, we're transformed into that same image. So silence, meditation, uh, prayer, fasting, the things that we've been talking about are all things that help us come into that focus that you're talking about and, and be able to, to live in the world in a new kind of way, uh, in, in the way that God's new humanity is supposed to be living. So those stats that you bring up. Uh, in regards to the amount of of, of stimulus that we're that yeah. that we, that we are receiving in a day, silence for me is all about learning how to exist from a quiet center in the midst of a world 
that is under the tyranny of noise, under, un, yeah. under the tyranny of busyness. I love that. Our enemy operates through noise, hurry, and crowds. Yeah. Uh, and in muchness and in busyness. Yep. Um, when we're talking about finding a pathway in our life to allow the discipline of silence to work and attuneness to the voice of God, mm-hmm. uh, to, to a singular focus of the face, to, face of Jesus, what we're talking about is a deeply internal change. And what I have found is that we exist in the world much more Christ-like whenever we can figure out how to live from a quiet center. If I could really quickly... Yeah. I want to read this quote in regards to the discipline of silence from Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She, she said it this way, we need to find God and he cannot be found in noise and restlessness. God is the friend of silence. See how nature, trees, flowers, grass grow in silence. See the stars, the moon and the sun, how they move in silence. The more we receive in silent prayer, the more we can give our active life. We need silence to be able to touch souls. The essential thing is not what we say, but what God says to us and through us. All our words will be useless unless they come from within. Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. That's powerful. Yeah. When we talk about living from a quiet center, for me, we're also talking about um, using the discipline of silence as the thing that filters out, acts as a filter in regards to all the inputs that are trying to come at us day to day. And through that discipline of silence, we filter out what stays within mm-hmm. and ultimately filter out what comes out of us. Uh, and, I, and I feel like we, we live with even a more intentionality in regards to the words that we use um, because we're understanding that those are not, those are not cheap things. Our, our words are not meant to be cheap and empty and hollow. Yeah. And that's what we see so much in the culture is just cheap, empty, hollow words. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much there, you know, we, uh, I actually, I actually, I think I can legally do this like with my position, you know, at work and here, but I, uh, I deleted Facebook off my phone uh, about a week ago, right before father's day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because for me, at least for this, and this is just, this is just sort of a, sort of a period. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get back on Facebook, but you know, there is so much going on. I think once we get into meditation there towards the end, we can, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, meditating on, on certain things, but you know, there's just so much noise that it is, it is impossible. Um, it's impossible to, you know, and maybe we can flesh this out if this doesn't make sense, but um, it's impossible to really engage the noise with noise and mm-hmm. cut through it. That's right. You know, we, we have to, if we if have we, that filter, exactly. Yeah. We have to have that filter. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the verses that you put in our notes, I think is just, is just perfect. You know, first Kings 19, 11 through 12. And he said, go out and stand on the Mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passes by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broken pieces, the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. That's right. You know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times we're, we just, we look for God in the wrong place. That's right. That's right. I love, I love the connection between that and the quote that I read from yeah. the Teresa about how we find God in, in the quiet. We find God in, 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 in the silence. Yeah. And this really does uh, bring up, you know, one of the most, the most asked questions that I get 
as a pastor, I would say probably the, the number one is how to hear God. And, uh, and I did, uh, um, we did actually a, uh, during all the, the time of, of, of the quarantine, uh, we did a, um, a zoom, uh, interview with, uh, with Danny, Serena and I did about hearing God. Um, and I know that that's still available on the, on the Facebook group and you'd be able to check that out. But, um, one of the first things that I tell people in regards to, uh, the question about how to be able to hear God, how to be able to sense God, how to be able to, to, uh, to become attuned and aware of his presence is first thing is you have to learn how to get quiet. And even though there is a physical component of this silence, and I included in the uh, discussion guide um, at the very end of each one of these guys, there's going to be additional resources that are supposed to be tools in your toolbox mm -hmm. so that you can actually leave this conversation and put some of these things in practice. There is a link uh, on guide for practicing silence. It's actually from uh uh, Ravi Zacharias's uh, ministry uh, page. Um, it's a great guide on just some practical ways for you to set tone, time, and place yeah. to enter into this. Because what you'll find is you really don't know how much you're living conditioned by and 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 attuned to noise and and, and all the stimulus that's happening around you until you actually try to be quiet. Um, because when you start intentionally unplugging from from certain technologies. Or, or you get into a place in time to where you can be a, alone for, for 30 minutes to an hour. And even when you can cut out all the external noise, what you'll find is that things are still roaring on the inside of you. And that's really the contamination and the clutter that the purpose of the discipline is aimed at is to yeah. get quiet on the inside. Uh, it's easy to drive in, in, in your car and not play music, but the whole time to be consumed with the noise of anxiety, of worry, of whatever it might be. And yeah. when we talk about silence, we're actually talking about really what we use to set the tone to now go into things like meditation yeah. and prayer. Yeah. Uh, silence would be considered in the same category as fasting. It's a discipline of abstinence or of, uh, abstaining from something, abstaining from talking and, abstain and abstaining from uh, input, external input. But we do that. We we create a we create we create a fertile environment now to actually get into things like prayer mm -hmm. and 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 that we talked about last week and now meditation that we're going to talk about this week. So Derek, from from your uh, from your practice of this discipline, how would you recommend for people a great way to be just to begin incorporating silence in their life? Is this something that they should look at doing for X amount of time each day? Mm -hmm. Should they do it, uh, you know, for a long, a long period of time, once a week, what, what would be your, uh, your kind of, um, just off, uh, you know, not off the cuff. You've seen the questions before, yeah, yeah. but how would you speak to that? And then also know that this resource is there for them with the guide, uh, yeah. that can help, help them walk through that. Yeah. So I would definitely start with the resource. The resource down sounds like a, an excellent resource. I admittedly, I didn't look at the look at the resource. So it's okay. Um, at least, at least, time, at least we're, we're practicing discipline of confession. We'll get to right. that too. Yeah. <laughs> confession. Um, but time and place is really important. I mean, you have to, um, you have to set yourself up for, if, if this is something that, uh, you want to do and hopefully we, uh, can lay out the case tonight to where it is something that you would like to practice. Um, you know, set up a time, set up a place and just, try it. You know, I, we have, you know, at our house and I know, you know, you've got quite a few kids as well, mm -hmm. but you know, silence is something that is, that is difficult mm -hmm. to achieve. Um, so, you know, we have to, you know, and, and 
yeah, confessedly, like we're not, we're not the best at it, but just trying to find time. And I would, I would try to, uh, do a, like, and, th- and this may sound like not even a lot of time for people, but three to five minutes. Yeah. But if you actually do it, you'll just find three out to five. it's a, lo- a yeah, lot longer Three to than five minutes think. of, um, of just trying to, trying to be silent. Yeah. And pay attention to what happens. And, and that's the thing. Even when you talk about doing something for that small, what seems like a small period of time, we are so condi- conditioned to even like background noise that we have this, like it's an instinctive uh, impulse that whenever there's silence for it to be considered awkward. Yeah. Like our brain is trained because of the culture that we live in and the way that we live to interpret silence as awkwardness and it needing to be filled with something. Yeah. Um, I would say that um, there's a part of that that can be counterproductive, which is us uh, seeking just to, to fill it with something that, that, um, that, that isn't actually going to create the platform that we need to move into a time and a posture of prayer and meditation. But there's also something to be said that when there is a time of silence and we have that initial awkwardness, I would say that part of that is actually good because the silence is supposed to be filled with something. It's just supposed to be filled with the still small voice of God. It's not supposed to be filled by us awkwardly trying to break the awkward silence yeah. by, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, do, doing something to distract us or entertain us. Mm-hmm. Um, silence creates a, a hole that is ultimately meant to be filled by the, the living word of God in our life. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I feel like with that, we're going to start setting ourselves up to, to get into a place of talking about meditation. Yeah. Um, well, but you, I, you had something. Yeah. On so that. I think, I think back on, back on the silence is just kind of maybe some, um, maybe some practical mm-hmm. application on our experience with practicing silence. You know, one of the things, you know, if you, if, if you have never tried to be silent, you know, what's going to happen is, is you're going to sit down, you're going to try to be silent and, and something's going to pop into your head. Mm-hmm. You're going to think about, oh, well, I, I forgot to do this or I forgot to do that. Um, and, and you will be uh, flooded with thoughts of things that you did or things that you didn't do. Uh, and, and those are the things that, you know, you really have to t- try to uh, quelch. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, all of those things, I mean, obviously you weren't thinking about a minute ago. So five minutes you know, you're, you're not going to forget if it's important, it'll come back up. That's right. Um, but even trying to, you know, draw your attention to something like your breath, mm-hmm. uh, in the attempt to not focus on those thoughts. Um, and then I think too, once you get to a point to where you can, you know, sit in silence, uh, whether you're focusing on your breath, you know, you will experience a, a sense of peace Yeah, absolutely. in a certain time. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's what, you know, that, that's what we're all striving yeah. for. In, in the same way that in fasting uh, and, and the context for fasting through, through this, the scripture is in the context of food mm-hmm. and the same when fasting that we, that we strip away the need for us to, to, uh, to feast on, on the earthly bread mm-hmm. so that we can feast on, on a heavenly bread. Yeah. The same thing's true in regards to silence. We're stripping away our natural uh, human impulse to speak, to be entertained, to be amused, to fill our lives with yeah. distraction, we're stripping that away. So ultimately we can move into a place of a, a very pronounced, uh, a very attentive and, and, and aware connection with a divine contentment that comes by simply trusting in God. I yeah. love what the psalmist says in Psalm 62, 
uh, verses one and two, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. When you get into a time of silence, because all those, all that internal noise will start to well up in you and your mind will start to go with these racing thoughts on what you still have to left to get done that day, how you're nervous about having that conversation with your spouse or with your friend. Uh, like Derek said, thinking about uh, a, a maybe a conversation that day that didn't go the way you wanted it to. I could have done this. I should have done that. Um, whatever it might be. You have to remind yourself in a time of silence that the thing you're waiting on is not you to have this moment of epiphany and, 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 and a flash of genius to fix your problem that you're worried about or uh, just, uh, you know, a spontaneous enlightenment to come. You actually have to remind yourself that you're waiting in silence for God and God alone. Yeah. And you have to, you have to uh, train your soul how to not be satisfied with the counterfeit. Yeah. That no, I'm going to wait in silence for God and God alone. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. Fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. Verse five and six. For God alone, my soul wait in silence. Oh, my soul wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. For me in a practical sense, whenever I'm getting to a place of feeling stressed out, when I'm getting to a place of feeling overwhelmed, silence for me is that automatic default posturing of my life. I know that I have to intentionally strip myself away of all the external noise, all the requests that are coming to me, the problems that people are needing me to speak into, the noise that I have inside of myself, and I have to live out this Psalm 62 of saying, okay, I'm going into this time of silence because what I really need is God, who I really need to hear from is him. Yeah. And when my soul tries to start talking to me, I have to be able to say, oh, my soul, wait in silence. Yeah. And Remember soul, we're waiting in silence for yeah. God. And uh, we had a conversation uh, about this. I don't know if this was actually in the live stream or after last week, Danny, you were talking to us about just a breakthrough that came to you personally from from the Psalms about talking to your to your to your soul. Yeah. Uh, why don't you share that real quick? Yeah. Um. I I spent a lot of time uh, of my life dealing with depression, and uh, there was Psalm forty two eleven. Why my soul are you downcast? Why mm -hmm. so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, and in that little phrase, right there. Put your hope in God. I was like, oh, this guy is talking to his soul. Mm -hmm. What you um, mean is mind, will, and emotions. Yes, yeah. yes. Your mind, will, and emotions. And and that is what takes the hit when you're going through depression. It, basically, those are empty, mm -hmm. really. Um, and in praying that and rehearsing that in my soul was, it, it was a process for sure, but rehearsing that in my soul, rehearsing that um, instead of everything else that was trying to gain my attention making sure that that's what I was, that I was aiming for. I was telling my soul to line up with my spirit, which is my true identity. That's right. And, and say, well, I'm going to praise God. You're eventually going to have to. That's right. Yeah. Because silence, your discipline of silence internally strips away everything except us and God, our soul and God. Yeah. The discipline of solitude, which we'll get to later, externally strips away everything except us and God. Mm -hmm. uh, and learning to keep company in that sense. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I've, al I've always liked that verse. Like I, I the, yeah. that hit me too. Uh, you know, the, whenever I meditate on that verse, you know, there comes a realization that you, you are telling your soul and your mind, will, and emotions to be silent. That's right. It's like, you know, you read the scripture and it's like, can, can I, can I do that? 
obviously we can. Yeah. And, and, and the implication of that, of that practice in our lives is huge. Yeah. I mentioned this a little bit last week, but here's the actual quote from a, uh, an Eastern uh, father of the faith, uh, St. John uh, Climacus. He says, the lover of silence draws close to God. He talks to him in secret and God enlightens him. Jesus by his silence, shame Pilate and a man by his silence conquers vain glory. Yeah. There's something about whenever we allow ourselves to practice this and you, you look at the culture today, how much does our culture need to learn how to be silent? Uh, how much in certain aspects of our, of our Christian life and our church circles do we need to learn how to be silent? And instead of letting our soul be the first thing to speak into a situation, mm-hmm. quieting our soul to actually be able to hear from God so we can, what Mother Teresa said, release words that actually give the light of Christ. Because words that do not release the light of Christ Christ increase the darkness. Yeah. And there's 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 too much to lose whenever we whenever we don't allow ourselves to just become aware. Uh, so that silence is all about becoming aware, aware of the noise within us, aware of how to turn down the noise around us, and ultimately how to open ourselves up to now be filled by the things of God, uh, pr- predominantly in this setting through prayer. We talked about that last week. And now we're going to get into uh, uh, meditation. One last quote before I move on, and then I'll give you uh, time if there's anything with silence that you want to say. Huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that you want to say. So this is a quote by Blaise Pascal. This one comes to us from uh, Pastor Jacob. Uh, and uh, the quote is, the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to be said about that. It is, yeah. Uh, but I really, uh, I really appreciated that. So, yeah. uh, Derek, anything else you want to say on silence before we get in and talk about Christian meditation? No, nothing else to remain say. Silent, uh, Danny. Any comments, questions coming in? Anything that we need to take a look at before we move on to the next session or the next uh, segment here? Well, there was a comment. There wasn't um, an actual question, but Madison Johnson. Um, who recently announced she's she and TJ are having a baby. Oh, congratulations, nice. congratulations guys. That's awesome. We, yes. we celebrate with you. Yes. That's great. Um, but uh, she said her favorite time to be silent is in her bathtub or in her car. She said she's still working on being silent in her living room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's certain places that we feel like it's hard to. That's it's to, it's totally right. Yeah. And Madison, uh, I'll, I'll bring up again to you that resource from uh, the uh, Ravi Zacharias Ministry website, Guide for Practicing Silence. That's actually one of the things that, that they that, that the that the guide encourages you with is to find a space uh, that that is conducive for that. There are going to be places that are more conducive yeah. to that uh, than than others. And uh, I, I think you saying that brings up just this one last thing in me. Ultimately, when we're talking about the discipline of silence, we're talking about practicing our ability to become aware of God's presence. Because whenever you see the, the fruit, one of the fruits of this discipline in your life is that you can be in the middle of a room full of noise and be able to hear God in a still whisper. Part of learning how to be a lover of silence is how to be able to become attuned and in tune with God's speaking voice in his presence, even in the middle of a noisy world. Yeah. And that only comes with getting that, that silent center. So the whole point of, of silence is to quiet the inside of us and hopefully to keep the inside quiet. Yeah. Well, and I think one, one important thing too is, is, is as we, as we develop a discipline of, of practicing silence is whenever you experience that, like whenever you experience it, experience that, um, 
that peace that comes through silence and hearing God's still small voice, it's easier to find it the second time. That's good. And the third time and the fourth time. That's right. And so it's almost like you are creating a, a pathway to it. And the more you practice it, the easier it is to get there. Yeah. Would it be safe to say that the more that you practice these disciplines, yeah. not not the necessarily, you do get better at the discipline, but the the result of it is strength in our height and heightened in, in your life. The, the, the I, potency I, is increased. I, w- I would agree. Yeah. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for the comment, Madison. Uh, we're going to, and congratulations again on, uh, on the baby that's on, on the way. That's so cool. So happy for you and, and TJ. Uh, let's talk Christian meditation. So, I think one of the best things we can do uh, in regards to, to really frame uh, what we mean by Christian meditation is a quote from a house favorite who's going to be a house favorite throughout this entire talk <laughs> because so much of the, uh, of the content from this has been uh, even, even inspired from, uh, from the book. So uh, Richard Foster's quote, Eastern meditation, uh, and that's what we would really classify, I guess, in today's world is like when you hear about new age meditation or um, transcendental meditation, that that's actually a, an older term now. But Eastern meditation is an attempt to empty the mind, right? Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind. And that's why I brought up what I did about silence. If silence is a discipline of, of abstaining or of abstinence, cutting down that noise so that we can have a quiet center, meditation now becomes a pathway. The two chief ones, I believe, uh, that work with silence, prayer, and now meditation. Yeah. Talked about prayer last week. So, uh, Derek, I'm gonna let you jump into this one uh, in regards to uh, now um, walking uh, walking away from that Richard Foster quote. Eastern meditation is an attempt to empty the mind. Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind. What is this discipline of Christian meditation? But more importantly, why? Why is it important? Yeah, I think uh, you know it's. I think meditate, you know, meditation gets a really, the word meditation gets a really, a really bad rap. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because in, in Christian circles, we've stopped talking about meditation. Um, It's clear through the scriptures that, you know, the fathers of our faith practiced meditation. And so I think, you know, you asked me why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? 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 Yeah. So why? why Why should we do it? Yeah. So we can hear, so we can hear God and obey. Good. So I think there's, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. You know, we, you know, I, moving into this, you know, I, I really saw silence as almost as a precursor, mm-hmm. a precursor to meditation. Exactly. Yeah. That's, um, that's what I'm seeing too. Yeah. You know, we get, we, we, we get silent. So then we can then meditate. That's right. And, you know, with meditation, uh, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this on, on this uh, talk or not, but, you know, I think I did. There's very few things we can control in life, but you know, and one of the questions from a couple of weeks ago was like self-talk, you know, meditation is how we improve our self-talk. That's good. It's how we, uh, you know, talk to ourselves like God would talk to ourselves. Yeah. And so we are silencing our minds in the attempt to, you know, fill them with God's word. That's right. And I love that Psalm 1914 here from the discussion guide, let the words in my mouth, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yeah. Well, that's what you're talking about, to, to have a, a self-talk 
the things that we're thinking in our heart, the things that we are, that we're mulling over, that we're constantly allowing our, ourselves to focus on. We want those meditations of our heart to be acceptable in God's sight or pleasing to God, which means being congruent to what he says about us. Yeah. And, and we see that through, through the scripture. Yeah. And we see that through the activity of the spirit in our, in our, in our, uh, in our life. Psalm one, one through two, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law or his word, he meditates day and night. So if silence is a way that we empty the, 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 uh, the noise on the inside of us and the words on the inside of us that should not be there, we turn down the radio that's playing the song of the culture and the song of our past and, and yeah. the song of our present anxiety, then meditation is how we tune into the frequency of, of God. Yes. And a great way for us to start that is yeah. through just meditation on the scripture. If yeah. we look at the Greek word uh, to meditate, or it might, might be the Hebrew, we're actually talking about uh, to, to chew. We're talking about to actually chew on yeah. throughout the day, almost kind of the, the connotations well, like a cow chewing. It's ru- ru- good. Ruminate. 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 That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so- good. Yeah. So, or, uh, or to mutter to yourself, which is another piece. Yeah. Well, well, so, so with, uh, and I'm going to, I am not, so I, I've, I've worked in the agricultural industry and I've got some strong ties there. So, you know, if anyone I know watches this, please excuse, I'm going to butcher this probably, but, um, so cows have multiple stomachs and what a cow does is, you know, they, they eat grass and they swallow it and then they actually regurgitate it, uh. chew it again. We just just lost Danny. She's gone. Intercede, intercede, you prayer warriors, start going. (laughs) But we need Danny to stay strong. Yeah, but that's 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 Kendall's still good though. Kendall's here. He's 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 great. He said, "Tell tell me more, Derek. He's ready. (laughs) He's ready. He wants it. He wants the details." Did you know? I think it's a a llama. Like when they spit at you, like that's what they're llamas are rumens too. I'm leaving. (laughs) leaving. I'm out. (laughs) I grew up in Stringtown, but it didn't grow up in me. That's right. That's That's why I think llamas are of the devil. <laughs> but anyway, hey, that's a whole nother level of gross. I didn't know that. About, about yeah, they're llamas. spitting at you. They're not spitting so saliva. They're, like they're spitting. They're, they're, their, they're, they're throwing up in their mouth and spitting. On and you. spitting at you. That is demonic. <laughs> I agree. Okay, uh, llamas are not cute. I anymore, agree. Man. No alpacas too. I, I was about to say, do uh, we have our alpacas at least? Yeah, they have the curly creatures. Ears. Okay, no. so right. cows you know have Forget multiple stomachs, right? Forget yes. them all. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so to <laughs> to meditate <laughs> is to ruminate. It's to, it's to chew it up, to swallow it, but then to bring it back up in your mind mm-hmm. and to meditate on it. So that, I mean, that, that's what meditation means. You know, I, yeah. um, for the longest time, I, you know, I didn't really think I, I, I wouldn't have said that I meditated, but, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, Danny talks about is, is like anxiety. And so, you know, if I would find myself getting anxious, um, you know, Philippians four, six through eight. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. got it here. Is that on there? Well, I got eight through nine. Yeah. So be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the peace of God that surpasses, surpasses all understanding will guard your, your hearts heart. and minds in, in all in understanding. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Um, finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, if there's any excellence or, or anything of good repute, let your mind dwell on these things. Yes. So let your mind dwell. Let your mind dwell. That's good. And so if I was, you know, if I would find myself being anxious, you know, I would say that to myself. And then I would say, well, is that, is that true? Is that honorable? Is that right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Well, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Then I'll think about something else. 
And and that's important because we oftentimes don't know really what's in our heart yeah. until it comes up into our mind. Yeah. So uh, this is what happens whenever we hear, uh, you know, whenever you hear examples and maybe even you've experienced in, in your life, um, being offended with somebody, unforgiveness. Oh, yeah. It, 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 that's exactly what we're talking about <clears throat> in, in the opposite sense of what we want. Yeah. It's rehearsing and yeah. nursing that hurt, that offense. People meditate on worry. Yeah. People, people use worry. Our worry is a form of meditation. Yeah. Anxiety is a form of mm-hmm. meditation. Offense, unforgiveness is a form of meditation. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, and, and, and it's, and it's an access to, it's an access point in our life to, uh, to the enemy. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if, if we find ourselves like getting offended or, or getting anxious or if someone, uh, you know, I had the thought the other day, maybe it was this morning. Um, you know, if I, if I get offended at somebody, you know, usually it's not me being offended at them. It's that, you know, the offense in them drew that offense out in me. That's you know, good. It's, it's something that's coming out mm-hmm. of the inside of me. And uh, I heard a, I heard a joke one time. Anyway, I won't. I told a joke last time. You told a joke last I time. I can't you're do just, it. You're okay. just a joke guy. Yeah. Oh, so it's great. just, uh, great. you know, we, we, we bring our offense with us and we bring our, um, our hatred yeah, or the, our discontent. The contents of what, of what's the, the, it's gonna come the out. rumination. We're carrying that around yeah. with us. Yeah. Or the opposite is true. Or the opposite. We bring our peace, our yeah. love, our joy. And when we're walking around with offense and unforgiveness, we're, we're, we're like the llama spitting that junk at everybody is exactly there. I had to bring oh, it back gosh, up again. I think just, this is a good time everybody. for that joke that you've heard. <laughs> no, I can't remember the whole joke. So I won't, I won't oh, say it. you need to start writing down it's jokes. The so you can remember. No, the pressure. No. It's how you get a bad reputation. <laughs> But I love that you brought up the Philippians for whatsoever, yeah. whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's right. There's your litmus test for what you should be allowing yourself to meditate on. Um, I'll read this. Uh, well, we'll save that Thomas Watson quote. I want to get to it. It's, it's a great one. But uh, Derek, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, from, um, uh, from Foster, the, the types of meditation. Yeah. Let, let's get into that because I feel like that'll give us a good, a good, uh, uh, reference point to talk about yeah. some other things. So I feel like this is kind of jumping off in the deep end. That's great. Let's do um, it. So one we of already the, brought up the llamas. The llamas. Yeah. We might as well. Yeah. Lord help us. Danny, how are we doing on time? Are we good? What time is it? It's seven Oh eight. You're doing better than you did last week. Doing great. Wow. Doing great. Anyone have any questions on llamas or other ruminants? Did we lose anybody because we got that far off track? <laughs> Might have lost me, but that's okay. Uh, uh, Rick Smith, he oh. said when people habitually worry, they are meditating on a negative thought. Yes, that's right. And uh, he also, oh, he will keep him in perfect peace of mind to stay yeah, on the- Yeah, I got that one in here too. I bet Damn. you do. Boom. It's a good one. I passed. Of course, Daniel Boswell said, hang in there, Danny. I, I'm trying. <laughs> Dan, Daniel's praying for you. That's great. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about, so this is from, uh, yeah, this celebration, is from of Discipline. celebration of disciplines. So, uh, you know, one of the things again, with the objective of trying to bring awareness and help people kind of, you know, maybe land this plane and start to implement these in their lives. Um, Richard Foster talks about four main practices and I am going, I meditatio scripturorum. Mm-hmm. Did I say that? Yeah, that's great. Okay. You know, I'm fluent in Latin. What that so. means is to meditate on the scripture. 
I'm not, by the way, but yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, so to uh, meditate, meditate on, on the scripture. scripture. So yeah, Philippians four six through eight. So get like give us Isaiah an example, example. Meditate on scripture. So like take it, take a verse, take a passage. Yep. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. And that's Proverbs just, three five to six. And like, that's just on replay throughout your day. When you get a quiet moment, well, it depends. You pull it up. Usually, it's when something happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it, yeah, in, in real time. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I guess play, yeah, play it out in real time. I mean, obviously I, I think that's where I'm like, that's where I'm trying to go right now mm-hmm. is I have recently um, installed intentional disruptions in my day. So alarms on my phone to, to break that cycle because my, my natural tendency is to try to be, and I mean, there's a, I guess there's a place for, for accomplishing things and productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I'll get to the end of the day and I'll just be dizzy mm-hmm. with everything that happened, everything that I did. Yeah. Unsustainable speed. Unsustainable speed. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Unsustainable speed and pace. And so installing intentional disruptions, um, you know, alarm clocks or whatever, whatever you want. Um, but a time to intentionally reshift the focus. That's right. Um, back to the Lord. Because if we think about it, if we really are experiencing all those interruptions that you named at the beginning, all those statistics, because that, that's the thing at the end of the day, something is vying for your that's attention. Right. Yeah. And something's yeah. going to have your attention. Yes. We just have to overcome the lie that tells us we have no control over what has our yeah. attention. Yep. Because that's, that's the enemy's playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I do think, so the, so the first one is meditation on scripture. Um, you know, whenever we meditate on scripture, that's like the Proverbs three, five through six, the Philippians four, six through eight, you know, um, I am a huge component of committing scripture to memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can then meditate on it. Yeah. And so you can pick, you know, a single event in scripture, something that happened in scripture, a parable, a few verses or a single word. Um, and just, just really, really chew on it. Yeah. And really meditate on it. Uh, Jesus coming down off the Sermon of the Mount. Yeah. You know, after Sermon on Matthew 7, healing the leper. Yeah. Uh, you it, can, you can see that scenario in your mind. Yeah. And I love what Foster talks about in the book because it's something I, I hadn't heard anybody, uh, anybody talk about. Um, and, and it's something that has always been a powerful thing to me, but that's understanding the purpose of our imagination. Yeah. Like our yeah. imagination is not evil. You can have evil imaginations, but your imagination is just a part of your mind. And the whole, a good thing for us to know as followers of Christ is that Jesus didn't die and give you the ability to be born again, to remove your mind. He died and was born again so that you can have a renewed mind, Yeah, which means renewing uh, and redeeming the purpose of your imagination. People use imagination in a sinful condition to plot and plan evil to, to uh, keep themselves stimulated through lust throughout the day, whatever it might be. But there is a, a, a holy use of imagination yeah. that allows us to enter into things like seeing ourselves as the leper, yeah. seeing ourselves in that moment saying, Lord, uh, I know if you can, you'll make me whole. Yeah. And in relating to where were we at in our life when we felt that way? Where were we at in our life? What times and places in our lives did we see ourselves yeah. Uh, in a place of saying, God, I know that you can, but will you? Yeah. A- a- am I good enough mm-hmm. to be used by you? Yeah. And then seeing the Lord touch the leper first mm-hmm. and then say, I do choose, be made clean. Like 
Yeah, so it takes your, holy imagination. Your, you're putting yourself in that position. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think uh, it's one of the things we've got to to do better. I I believe just as 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 a, as a, as a faith community, and that's allowing God to to write on the on the tablet to paint on the canvas of our imagination. Yeah. And meditation for me, especially this first form that you're talking about, well, all of them, but it's in this right now for this first one, uh, it, it creates a pathway for that to happen. Yeah. And that whenever I talk personally about like I was driving in the car and, and I feel like the Lord showed me something, um, I've never had an open vision. So like I've never seen, so, uh, what I mean by open, I've never seen something with my eyes open, like God doing something physically in front of me. All the meditations that are all the, the all the visions that I have usually come out of a place of silence, of some form of of meditation, prayer, predominantly prayer, and I start in in my mind to see that that movie real play yeah. of the Lord showing me this scenario, speaking to me about X, Y, and, and Z, you know, situation. So to me, this this really primes the pump yeah. for us to have a God encounter in real time. Yeah. So anyway, I got excited about that. No, I, I, I agree. You know, it's, we, we have to put ourselves in those, you know, in those situations in scripture and really, you know, feel what disciples might've felt. Yes. You know, think about, you know, what if, what if a, a man walked up to your group that was sick mm-hmm. that you knew was diagnosed with COVID mm-hmm. and the leader of your group walks up to him and touches him. I mean, what are you, what are you, what could you possibly be thinking? That's right. You know, look, you've just infected our entire crew. Yeah. You're, you're unclean now. Yeah. Yeah. You're unclean. Like your ministry is over. Yep. And so, you know, we would rightly say, you know, they probably were a little scared of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and that's what we're talking about. Allowing God to, to write on the tablet, paint on the canvas yeah. of your imagination. So the first type of meditation that's talked about in the book meditation on scripture. And just for reference, uh, we've also got a, uh, a PDF file here in the additional resource, um, from a, uh, a ministry. I believe this is like, tw- uh, like 24 seven prayer ministry. Uh, it seemed pretty cool. I don't know a whole lot about the ministry. I just liked the guide. So don't think that I'm saying, you know, you should trust everything from 24 seven prayer ministry. I'm not saying that I'm saying that this is a cool guide in regards to practicing Christian meditation. So that'll be a good tool for their toolbox. Yeah. But yeah. we'll just give a brief overview of the, of the next three yeah, that so, Foster lays out in the book. Yeah. So, so the next one is is uh, I don't know if it, I think it's called recollection, mm-hmm. and it's it's actually like a it's a it's a Quaker practice. So, um, you know, you you essentially set and you reflect on things that you're concerned about, things that bring you angst, um, and with your palms down, you actually release those. Yeah, give those um, things so to the verbally. Lord. Give those things to God. Yep. Say, you know, Lord, I, I I submit to you my anxiety about my mm-hmm. dentist appointment. Yeah, I submit to you my, my anger towards anger towards my neighbor, mm-hmm. my unforgiveness. Um, and that's then, what Danny's doing right now about the, yeah, Lama the Lama. Her palms yeah. are down. She's like, I release Derek. Of- hey, Slow Bunny, our friend Slow Bunny from Slow YouTube. Bunny's back. Oh, Slow Bunny's back. So, I'm so glad you're here. <clears throat> She said, I thought this is hilarious now that you kind of bring it up. Uh, cows look peaceful and content when they're ruminating, though. So there's a plus on this comparison. That's awesome. Thank, thank you, you for, slow, in, thank thank you for you encouraging bunny. them, Slow a Bunny. A ministry of reconciliation. Do you have, <laughs> Slow Bunny? That's awesome. Great. All things. Um, and then you actually do palms up. So palms down, release, palms up, receive. That's awesome. So Lord, I receive peace. 
That's right. About my dentist appointment. Mm-hmm. Lord, I receive forgiveness from my neighbor. Yeah. Um, and through that, you know, you can actually, uh, you know, feel the peace, feel the forgiveness, feel the yes. anxiety, leave. Yeah. And I think it's important, like, man, this is not a, um, this is not, this is not like some kind of a, this is kind of a, a snarky phrase that I use. Th- this is not a, like, uh, when I say Jesus Robbins, I mean like a mingling of like Tony Robbins, like life coach, okay. guru, self-help guru, and Jesus. Like, this is not like Jesus Robbins stuff, that yeah. this is just, this is all self-help, willpower practice to make me have a better life. This is in real time, yeah. us practicing an intimacy with the Lord of being able to exchange scripturally our burden for his burden. When Jesus says, come to me, all you that are burden heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easy. Take, take my burden upon you. It's light. That's what we're talking about. This is a practical way for yeah. us to actually live out that passage yeah. and to release that. So it's important that that people understand that this is a, this is a legit spiritual thing. Yeah. Did you say Jesus Robbins? Jesus Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, anyway, I won't get into all that, but well, but it's, but it's, I mean, that's just being, well, but you hit on a nerve. And I think that's, that's what a lot of people think of when they, when they think of meditation or things like that is because there are, you know, prominent figures in our society that, you know, tell you to meditate on certain things to achieve a certain objective or a goal. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, you know, it's not their fault that, what the Bible tells us to do works. That's right. Meditation is just a spiritual practice that anybody can anybody, use. Yeah. Christian meditation is us allowing ourselves to be filled with the things of God, yeah. not yeah. with with self and, mm-hmm. you know, if I can dream it, I can do it and all this garbage. That, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to yeah. start ranting. Let's get off of that. Yeah. So the last, uh, the last two. So the, the, the first, uh, the first one of the last two is meditation on creation. Mm. So, you know, Psalm 19, one, the heavens do indeed declare the glory of God and the firmament does show forth his handiwork. You know, we, um, we can meditate on the things that God has done, the things that God has, you know, grown and built yeah. or, um, So this is really getting out in nature. Yeah. And, and this would probably tie very well with solitude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now, now you see that the, the disciplines actually work together in, in groupings, yeah. much like the, the rungs in, in a ladder, like it's, it's, it's a structure that's helping us move toward yeah, that's right. awareness of God, not uh, geographical nearness, uh, solical awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the last one, so, so the, the last two um, are almost opposite of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the last one is meditate on the events of, on the events of our times. So, and I, you know, I, what, what year was this book written? Seventies? I'm not sure. Josh, do you know? Yeah. Plus, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's been, I thought it's it was been like updated every 10, 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are obviously a lot of things happening uh, in our time right now. And the, there's a quote from the book, and and this this one really, it really gets me. Uh, it's by Thomas Merton. And it says, Who has meditated on the passion of Christ? but is not meditated on the extermination camps of Dachau and Auschwitz has not fully entered into the experience of Christianity in our time. And, and that's and really, that's, and that's really about taking our, our faith, our relationship with God and bringing it full force into the events of our age. Yeah. 
like not not allowing ourselves to because because that's the danger with with this stuff. There is a and I won't get into all the, the theology, but there is a a a way to engage in with the disciplines that teach you how to isolate and disconnect yourself from the world, which by historical Christian tradition is 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 just a heretical approach to living out the gospel. Yeah. The 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 true uh, following the Holy Spirit in the midst of the disciplines actually helps us better to live in the real world yeah. in, in, in present time and to begin to see where God's at and what he's doing That's in right. the midst of the events yeah. that are troubling to us. Yeah. I mean, and there, there have been entire Christian uh, groups that go down that path Yes, of, of just a, a, a head a knowledge and, and yeah. separating themselves um, and a very heady understanding of these things. And I think that's also, I mean, that's, that's something um, to at least talk about like that, that is, that is a risk, mm-hmm. you know, because whenever you start engaging in you know, silence and meditation, I mean, you, you don't want to stop, no, you know, because you, you develop an intimacy that's right. with Christ through these things. Yeah. And, and you, I mean, it, it's good. It is. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, that's the but whole unless thing. we re-engage yes. to the world. Yep. It's, it's worthless. That's right. And that's why I love this, you know, meditating on the Lord, um, you know, while, while in creation, finding a beautiful spot that I can be alone with God, silent, meditating on his goodness, because you, you, you read the the verse, you know, creation is declaring the handiwork of God. So it's, it's, it's looking for the fingerprints of God in, in that sunset. It's, it's allowing myself. And so much of that opens up like to me, like silence and what that provides in solitude, those two are are really the found, are really two foundational pillars that so many of the other disciplines fit into. Um, when you're talking about a practice of gratefulness, like think about meditating on creation, like sitting on your back porch, sitting on your front porch. Unless you have a terrible view, if you have a terrible view, I'm sorry, but if you're sitting on your front porch, go someplace nice. Go someplace nice, yeah. and, and you're sitting and you're looking at you know this this sunset or wherever it might be. Yeah. Not only do if you're silent. And you're observing that and you're allowing yourself to be filled with even that scripture. Creation declares the handiwork of God. He's formed the earth by wisdom. He's established it through righteousness. You're having the word of God flood your heart. You come into yeah. an awareness of God's presence. You experience that peace. And then what wells up in you is a gratefulness. God, thank you for this breath. Thank you for the ability to see this sunrise. And what happens is, is that if you leave there and then go back to work and you don't go back different, you miss the whole point of the experience. Yeah. Uh, but the whole, cause the whole point is you have to go back. Yeah. Jesus often withdrew by himself yeah. for a time of silent, solitude, prayer, meditation, but he came back. And when he came back, he, he was, he was aware of the presence of God in such a way that, that he was acting out of that place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, it's, it's all about, you know, transformation and reconciliation. That's it. And you know, one of the, one of the verses that is just Romans 12, one through two, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. mind. And these are the things that we do to renew our mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That's right. Which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's great. Man, I I, I honestly don't know a better way to, to end this than right there. Danny? Anything that we've got from our 
beloved <laughs> life group uh, leaders, uh, viewers, people at home. Well, your wife did comment. Abroad. Oh, really? Serena. We I'm love Serena. I'm excited now. What'd she say? <laughs> uh, let me get back to it. You should have wore the black jacket. That's what she's going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Bug. I call, I call her Bug. I told Derek, black or the blue? Derek picked the blue. I should have asked you. <laughs> well, she said, attending my first life group during these Wednesday times. And she said there, she is so thankful that they are so awesome at loving her. Not so silent. Kids. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry uh, and I talk about silence. It's like a, yeah. it's like the great it's hope. Abstract thought. In our home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carol and I had that conversation lady. this morning. Yeah. And I, and I am, I am a lover of, of silence. So, and that, and that's the thing about it. It's important to allow yourself to uh, get out of the discipline, which you're supposed to be getting from it. Um, and allow yourself not to re-enter your day-to-day world frustrated, aggravated, because you're comparing it to the time that you just had. Yeah. That that's the tough part. If you actually start doing this well, there is such there's such there's such a sweetness of being in that time with the Lord yeah. that everything else, if you're not careful, yeah. can kind of be a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you, and you have to learn how to find find well, God in yeah. those things too. Yeah. And not allow yourself to get uh, to get self-centered in it. Yeah. Because well, the whole part of it is changing you that now you can go in and release change into those environments. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's like the, that's like what we talked about on stage that one, like the prayer of examine, like that's, yes. you know, great as one. I'm, as I'm setting, you know, I've got a little table in our room and I'm super spiritual and I'm up early in the morning and, and have you you know, I'm, doing, I'm doing my thing and I got my, 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 my water and my coffee and <laughs> you know, everything's perfect. And then here comes my two-year-old yep, or my four-year-old. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's because, you know, we are disciplined in these things that in that moment, you know, I can recognize, Hey, maybe I should hold my child. That's right. You know, not get, and you, know, not, God. you need to go back to bed, That's which right. he probably should go back to bed. Like sure. it's pretty early. Yeah. But you know, in those moments, like we, we are doing these things, you know, so we can then, you know, teach and train beautiful. You know, I, I sometimes don't know if it's like a Jesus like quality that I have, but there's just certain times when I'm preaching, I'm hearing things that people may or may not be thinking. So I don't know if I'm actually perceiving thoughts. I will just say that (laughs) if you're thinking this, Jesus often perceived thoughts like from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So I'm not saying that you're a Pharisee <laughs> or a Sadducee. If you're thinking these things, I believe that you're a great person. That's a really terrible joke. But, but my, my, my thought is this is like, you know, a lot of times I think you can look at things like this and I know I, I did it first, even, even being brought into an understanding of this, like there's an, there's an initial kind of knee jerk pushback to, well, I don't want that to become, religious, right? Yeah. And I, and, and I say that the way that you don't allow spiritual disciplines to become religious is you allow God to disrupt your disciplines, even with what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, pay attention because if you're actually doing it correctly, you will discern the presence of the Lord in that moment, stronger coming from your two-year-old than from your, you know, uh, devotional plan for that day. Yeah. Uh, the, that's the whole point. Remember the point is freedom. The point is being able to uh, as a free child of God, experience him in a multitude of ways. So how do you keep things like this from becoming religious? It's simple. Always give place for the Lord to disrupt the discipline because the discipline is not God. The discipline is a pathway to become more aware and in tune to him. Yeah, so right. anyway, if you were thinking that, 
there's your answer. And no, I really don't believe you're a Pharisee. I think it was a good question. <laughs> um, any more questions? <laughs> no, but Jesus did that to the disciples too. Oh yeah, that's right. Good. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Very so. good. Yeah. So you're a disciple. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so basically gonna, what you're saying, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, so basically what you're saying, I, I'm just trying to clarify, uh, you know, the disciplines are developing Jesus within you so you can uh, have more like compassion for other people as well. Like you're free from their opinions of you and their words at you and Jesus's words become more true than their words kind of in that. Yeah. The, Cause there's like a cycle. It seems that's right here. The, the disciplines for me are like going to the optometrist. And whenever I, I have to believe that, that I left to my own devices will have cloudy vision when it comes from being able to behold the Lord because of the nature of the fallen world, things that are not renewed in me. My spirit is sealed. I'm, I'm great there. The work is in the soul and in the body. And so to me, the spiritual disciplines act like uh, there's, there's gotta be a name for this machine. You know, the weird thing that they put in front of your face and one or two, like taking the time to be quiet and actually practically doing particular things like silence and meditation and prayer helps me begin to see Jesus in a way that, that is, is more refined and more clear. And from that now, in accordance with what Paul says, as I behold the Lord, I'm more and more conformed to his image. Um, I'm already one with Christ in my spirit, but my soul is under construction and definitely my body. Um, the soul part we're engaging in, in, in this life, our body will ultimately be redeemed and restored at the resurrection. We get a glorified body. Um, so to me, that's, that's what the disciplines are. But I have to know that I, I, um, I'm giving place to the Lord and, and in my life to interrupt those things. In, in the way that he sees fit, because at the end of the day, it is about being spirit led. I might start out in the morning with a plan with this. And what I find is that I start off the day with a plan for solitude, silence and meditation. And I get a phone call at 730 in the morning and my friend's falling apart and he needs me. I'm going to go there and I'm going to practice the discipline now of fellowship. And I'm going to practice the discipline of serving. And I'm going to allow the Lord to be the Lord of the discipline, not the discipline, my Lord. That's probably about as good as I could, I could say that. That's good. Because I won't be able to say it that way ever again. <laughs> well, good thing Let's it's recorded. recorded forever now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Uh, anything in the room, guys, that stood out to you, you want to add? Ta thought, take away, Josh, anything? I can, I, 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 can, I can, yeah, come over here. Jump on the camera. Yeah. Or on the, on the mic. Here we go. Check this out. How cool is this? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess maybe one thing, um, that I think was uh, that maybe could just be a point of clarification. So when it comes to uh, silence, the uh, how critical is actual silence? Like, is it, can you fill it with music or is it like, Hey, we actually need this to be silent. And because I think when people hear silence, they're thinking like absolute, like no sound. Yes. Is that part of it and being comfortable with like, because the, just like you were saying, the, 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 um, the temptation is to turn up the noise to avoid that uncomfortableness. <clears throat> yes. So how much of that discipline is getting used to not having mm -hmm. noise? Yeah. So, so for me personally, this is just for me personally, I, I believe that the goal is to actually get to a place of total silence. Mm -hmm. But I also know that um, 
we have to allow ourselves to that total silence, to be honest with you, can can be like jumping into a pool of, of ice water. It's a total shock to the system. I, I don't think I would personally, uh, it, well, I don't know. I, it'd be case by case. This is really where we're getting down to the pastoring portion of my, of my, of my call. Cause I would really need to see the, the person, what, what are they after? What's their experience of like? So I would say for me, um, I, I think it's about being able to, uh, to, to, to feel out where, where you are, um, to me, remember, we're not being legalistic about this. If there's music on, on, in the background, something that I would suggest doing is try to make it instrumental music, try to take away the, the words and lyrically what you're used to and let what's behind, behind you be in, instrumental. Yeah. Uh, maybe ambient noise, maybe, maybe trying to, you know, play uh static. sound of the waves or, you know, static or, you know, the, the birds, the birds are always annoying to me. I don't, yeah. I don't know when people have the sound machines to sleep and it's the tweet, tweet, tweet. I was like, I want to shoot yeah. a bird. Like that's outside. <laughs> this is terrible because the, the birds sound like yeah. morning to me. So it's like, I don't know what's up with this, yeah. you know, unless it's like the, the nightingale or whatever. But, um, so to me, I, I would say, yeah, it's, it's not like, oh, the discipline didn't work now because you had sound. Um, but I think there is something about getting to the, the potency that total silence carries, but that if you do not have a reference point to that, it, I think it would be wise to ease yourself yeah. into that. Just the same way that an, uh, jumping into the, the, uh, the Arctic, you know, uh, frigid water would be a shock to the polar system. Bear plunge. There's a polar, yeah. Polar plunge. Yeah. 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 I, I Some think of it, us are better insulated for that than others, but anyway. Yeah. I think it's important to do something that is, that's sustainable. That's good. And it's, it's difficult to know, you know, you, you would have to, we would have to approach it on a, on a one-on-one basis to see, mm-hmm. you know, what is sustainable for you? Yep. You know, what is your, you know, what is kind of your, your baseline for mm-hmm. noise level? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it is, I, I complete silence. I like that. But, you know, if I'm in my house with the kids, exactly. I may have my headphones in with some, some sort of ambient noise. Yeah. It, it might not be doable. Any reduction yeah. to noise yeah. is, is good. Yeah, I agree. It's good. Well, can yeah. I say something from a social media perspective? Sure. Um, Cause you know, this is what I do. Social media is what I do. And um, after a while I realized I have to turn it. I have to unplug mm-hmm. uh, like at least once once a week, I gotta, I gotta unplug. So I'll text Pastor Zach. Now I uh, text Jaron and, and just let people know, keep an eye on the group, keep an, you know, an eye on this stuff because I have to unplug from this noise. Now we're getting into Sabbath. Yes, I know. We're also going to talk about, we're going to talk about it all. Yes, we're going to talk about it all. But like, but but it, it is very tempting to see what are people saying today? And that is more noise in my life. Oh yeah. And, and it's almost like, I'm allowing this stuff to speak into my life sometimes if you're not careful. So I have to be sure that social media isn't my Lord. That's right. You know, y'all know that I, I appreciate social media, but there comes a time where yes, turn it off um, and be present with your children be present. I mean, put your phone Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Delete your Facebook app for a week. Yeah, for I can't do that for a week. She can't. <laughs> They'll fire me. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> no. actually won't let her do that. Yeah, yeah. no, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, but that noise it, that is noise. Even though you're reading it, there's more noise. Yeah. It, you're it's letting exactly it speak to your it. soul. Yep, and that's the whole thing. Is like we see when when a culture has no reference point for silence, no reference point for meditation and prayer. 
Social media has so many great things, and the way we leverage and utilize it for the church stuff is incredible. It's how we're doing what we're doing right now. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But you also see what happens to a culture that has no reference point for that, and everything is immediately from yeah. soul to 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 post to yeah. video to this. Yeah. And w- what happens is is that the the effect that that has on your soul is damaging. It's it's totally damaging because you're constantly. Your, your words are not as cheap and hollow as you would like to believe. They actually carry a substantial amount of weight. And when you're constantly making those kinds of withdrawals and expenditures, you're actually running into, into a deficit in regards to your, to your heart health. Yeah. Um, I think- Henry Nowen talks about the fire within mm-hmm. in regards to silence. There's a fire within the fireplace of our heart has to be stoked, has to be cultivated. And if I constantly leave the doors open to the fireplace, I'm releasing this heat that it's, it's not, it's not sustainable. So yeah. there is a fire within that has to be uh, guarded. I think it's uh, his book is uh, the way of the heart. Uh, that's another great uh, resource on, on this stuff. Yeah. So you're that's going good. somewhere. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, I, I don't know if we've specified that, you know, with, with silence, the, you know, the goal is to, is to, you know, is to calm the noise inside your head. That's right. Like is to, is to not, noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to, to calm your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if whatever we have to do to, to achieve that calm, right. that silence. Awesome. Well, I think we've got to a place here to where um, we, we can wrap it up. So grateful for all the life groups that are joining us. If you're a life group leader, I hope that this, dis- these discussion guides are helpful to you. We'll continue to have these out to you. Uh, our goal is by Tuesday. I totally blanked this week and it came out to you this morning. Our goal is to have it to you by Tuesday so that you can prepare for group. Um, there's also those continuing discussion questions now that we turn it over to you and your group. If you're watching by yourself or just with your family this evening, feel free to continue the conversation in the chats. Uh, and in the comment sections of, of our social media platforms and in, in the room, uh, let, let get involved and, and to continue this conversation on silence and meditation. Everybody in the studio, thank you guys so much. Pastor Derek, thank you for taking time to be here. Danny, yes. Can we say about next week? What yes. we're doing next week? Absolutely. Yes, next week we will be in the building. That's right. Yep. So yes. we're going to have our first Wednesday service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have another time of extended time of worship and prayer and just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then the following week, I believe that week is when I'm going to do a talk with... Pastor Austin. I think that's, yeah, with Austin. It's also my birthday. Woo! So we're going to have hey. a we're gonna have birthday cake birthday party. in the studio. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. we got to plan some kind of surprise for, for Danny. Oh, no. So uh, this next Wednesday, we'll see you here at the Durant campus at 630 uh, for just a, a time of extended worship and prayer at one of our, our dwelling place style uh, services. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to end this thing okay. for tonight. Yep. Father, we're so grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you for being a God that longs and desires to commune with us, to communicate with us, to deposit your grace and your goodness on the inside of us. Help us grow in what it means to live as disciples, uh, disciplined followers of you, and help us cultivate these spiritual disciplines in our lives so that we might become better attuned and aware of what you're doing in us. So now that you can take what you've done in us and work it through us into the world, 
Help us to continue to connect with you by means of these disciplines, but to not exchange them as our source. You are our source. We give you permission to interrupt these things in our lives. We give you permission through the Holy Spirit to shake things up and to change things up in our approach uh, to spending time with you. We believe that, that you are the one that's leading and guiding us into all truth. And we thank you so much for your grace and your goodness in our lives. Thank you for blessing us and keeping us. Thank you for your face, Lord, that is shining upon us, for being gracious unto us, for lifting up your countenance on us and giving us peace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We love you so much. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. 